Section 20 of the Family Kitchen Gardener. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Family Kitchen Gardener by Robert Boost. Section 20. Nectarine. Armadillus variety. Bunion French. Netkaffbischet German. I have never considered this fruit as any other production than a garden variety of the peach, from which it is only distinguished by the smoothness of the skin. Many highly bought descriptions of it have extolled it as being finer flavoured than the peach. If so, it has not been our good fortune to have tasted such. On the contrary, we consider it an inferior variety of that fruit, and of an inferior flavour. Neither will the nectarine ever be so universally cultivated being generally of a smaller size, and the smoothness of its skin is favourable to the attacks of the curculio, which destroys them in quantities every season, stinging the fruit even worse than the plum. And until we can entirely extirpate these animals, it will be a scarce fruit in this vicinity. The following five sorts from about twenty will form a select collection. Boston, an American variety, by Mr. Lewis of Boston, and brought into notice by S. G. R. Perkins, Esquire. Colour bright yellow, with red cheek. A sweet and pleasant flavour, large size, freestone. Downton, fruit of a greenish-white colour, with a dark red cheek. Flesh very rich, melting and juicy. Large size, and the very best quality freestone. New white, is of a creamy white colour, medium size. Flesh white, rich, melting, and rather juicy. A freestone. Pitmaston orange. Fruit medium size of a bright golden yellow colour, with a red cheek. Flesh deep yellow, melting, rich and sweet. Fine flavour, freestone. Red Roman, one of the oldest and most celebrated varieties. Fruit large, very yellowy, greenish colour, with a dull red cheek. Specked with brown. Flesh firm, pale yellow, juicy, rich, and very highly flavoured. Equal to the downton, but is a clingstone. Violette hartive. Fruit very similar to the former, with a greenish-white flesh, a fruity stone. They all ripen from the 1st of August to the 1st of September. Cultivation. The soil and culture suitable for the peach perfectly agrees with the nectarine. It is also budded in the same manner, and if practical, should always be obtained O.D. the plumstock. Peach Amadalus persica, Persia, French, Fischbaum, German It is to be supposed that every inhabitant of the United States is familiar with the peach. In both flavour and appearance it is legitimately a fruit of this country, though a foreigner, a native of Persia, where it has been known from the earliest ages. History says it was first sent by the king of Persia into Egypt, with the view of poisoning the inhabitants, with whom he was then at war. And strange to say, most of the ancient writers describe this fruit as possessing deleterious qualities. The leaves of the tree, however, contain prussic acid. From the days of Virgil, the fruit has been considered a first-rate excellence, which very few will dispute. And the peaches of this country are equal to any in the world. With the purposes for which they are used, everyone is familiar. They are cultivated in the states of New Jersey and Delaware by the tens of thousands of acres, 
one family alone employing a steamboat in the peach season to carry their fruit to the market. There are hundreds of varieties cultivated many orchards of natural fruits without names, and other orchards of a more profitable character, containing only a few very select sports, known for their superior merits. The following twenty kinds we note as being such, while we will not deny that there may be others equally as good in other parts of the country, unknown to us. Alberge or yellow rare ripe, coloured bright yellow, red cheek, round form, large size, ripe early in August, free. Columbia, colour brownish-yellow, striped red round form, large size, ripe about the middle of September, free. Early Molocotton, Crawfords, colour brownish-yellow, red cheek, olive form, ripe 15th of August, free. Early York, colour of dark red, round form, medium size, excellent quality, a great bearer, ripe 10th of August, free. Fox's Seedling, colour greenish-white, Red cheek, round form, large size, ripe early in September. Favourite, Reeves. Colour, yellowish-red, round form, ripe early in September, free. George the Fourth, Colour, greenish-white, red cheek, round form, large size, ripe end of August, free. Gros Mignon, or Royal George, with about twenty other names, is a large round peach, rather flattened, colour, greenish-yellow, a mottled red cheek, fresh white, red at the stone, the first peach we become familiar with, and have seen at eleven and a half inches in circumference, ripe in August, free. Imperial Derby, colour yellow-brown with a dull red cheek, round form, ripe middle of September, free. Late Heath, colour white, faint red cheek, oval form, ripe in October, cling. Late Moroccan, Crawford's, colour dull yellow, dark red cheek, roundish form, ripe, 12th to the 25th of September, free. Lagrange, colour greenish-white, oval form, ripe, 10th of September, free. Morris-white, colour pure white, oval form, ripe early in September, free. Nonpareil, Scots, dull yellow, red cheek, roundish form, ripe, 15th of September, free. Old Mixon, free, colour dull red, oval form, ripe early in September. Old Mixon Cling, colour dull red, round form, ripe early in September. Red Cheek, Millicotin colour, yellowish-green, dull red cheek, olive form, ripe 18th of September, free. Red Rare Ripe, colour greenish-white, dark red cheek, oval form, ripe end of August, free. Todman's Red Colour dull red, oval form, ripe end of September and 1st of October, cling. Tipper canoe, colour bright yellow, with red cheek, oval form, ripe 10th to 20th of September, cling. Propagation. This is of the simplest character. It is usually performed by planting the stones or pits in November, about two inches deep, in rich, light or sandy soil. These nearly all vegetate in the spring, and can be budded the following September, or about the end of August. They are then headed down close to the bud, early in the spring, when they will make a growth of from three to nine feet in the first season, with lateral branches all up the stem. In some parts of Ohio, Kentucky and Mississippi, the stones are planted in November, budded the end of the following June, headed down in July, 
and make a growth of four to six feet all within one year of the stone being planted. These operations are all performed on the peach stone. The tree is consequently short-lived, but being so readily replaced, that is not generally considered of much consequence. However, we would prefer budding for our own use on the plum stock. The tree will live half a century thereon, and will not be subject to the borer, which is a great enemy to the peach stock. Planting. If we wish to reap the fruit, we must prepare the soil. As the foundation is laid, so will the erection stand. Plough or dig your soil deep, manure well the year previously, plant your trees twenty feet apart, which will take one hundred to the acre. Our remarks on planting apples will apply here. Cultivate the ground with a light crop, giving manure every two years. Pruning. This is very indifferently attended to in the peach. The trees are allowed to grow at random long, straggling branches with the fruit at the extremity, bending them to the ground and never thinned out. The result is, the first storm breaks half of the limbs, and the fruit does not grow over half its size, ripening prematurely, and commanding about one-third the price of a full-grown, well-ripened fruit. It is twenty years since we pruned peach-trees in the same manner as we have described for currant bushes, keeping the young wood thin, and shortening every growth in the fall or winter pruning. The trees are thereby made more compact, not so liable to be broken, and produce finer fruit. The beauty of the tree is improved, and its age lengthened. The boar or peach worm is very destructive to this tree. This insect, according to say, is a dark blue four-winged slender moth, depositing its egg during the summer months round the tree, close to the surface of the ground. Ashes have been long used as a protective against this destroyer, with very good effect. And recently, half a peck of air-slaked lime, heaped around the tree during the month of May, is considered as a perfect antidote effectively securing the tree against its enemy. The lime is spread over the ground after the fall of the leaf, and a fresh supply given every year at the above period. There is a disease called the yellows, very prevalent in some orchards, which is attributed to a variety of causes. The main one, we presume, will be found in ungenial soil and overcropping of the trees. We say, thin out the crop, do not allow one fruit to be within two inches of its neighbour. Shorten the young growths of the tree by winter pruning, and cut out others when they are too thick, thereby giving plenty of air to all parts of the tree. Manure every other year, and crop light. With such a routine of culture, the yellows will be a stranger. Trees that produce a crop of fruit which is yearly carried off the ground must have some return, by enriching the soil, either by manure or from the stable-yard or rich composts of lime, marl, plaster, etc. Pear, Pyrus communis, Prayer, French, Bimbalm, German. The present period is a very exciting one on the culture of this fruit, which ranks in flavour next to the peach, but in point of healthiness and the general utility for domestic purposes, it will be second to the apple. In its wild state, it is equally disseminated with that fruit but we doubt of its culture ever being so universal, it being more subject to diseases, especially to blight. Some soils are entirely noxious to it, while others nourish it to an extreme old age. 
It is also longer in coming to a fruit-bearing state than the apple, though some of the recent kinds appear to produce fruit as early as three or fourth year from the bud, and frequently the second year from the graft. As a dessert or table fruit, it is preferable to the apple, and is also very important for cooking purposes. In some countries perry is made from the fruit, in the same manner that we do cider, for which purpose there are special productive varieties. Within the past twenty years the immense multiplication of sorts renders it a very intricate task to select from the multitude a few well adapted for general cultivation, because the variety that does best in some sections of the country nearly fails in others, and those that are described from the fruit as being the best in size and flavour on trial proved to be the worst in productiveness. One of the most celebrated horticulturists of the age, who does all his own thinking, writing to me from Boston, September twentieth, 1846, said, There is, in my view, too much of a rage for new fruits, and the old superior varieties are neglected. Of pears they have here near two hundred varieties, and possibly twenty of fair quality. I will, however, give an outline description of a few slightly transcending that limited number, and vouch for all of them being of the very best. Summer Pears Madeline Fruit pear-shaped rather under the medium size, with a long footstalk. Colour pale yellow-green. Flesh white, very rich, juicy, and highly flavoured. A grape-bearer. Ripe 20th of July. Blood Good Fruit rounding, flat at the eye, medium size, colour yellow with a brown cheek. Flesh yellowish-white, rich and sugary, with a fine aromatic flavour. Ripe the 1st of August. Julienne. Fruit rather under medium size, oval form, colour bright yellow, flesh buttery and juicy, ripe early in August. Fruit should be plucked a few days before ripe. Tyson. Fruit medium size, pyramidal in form, colour dull greenish yellow flesh white sweet melting and very juicy with a most delightful flavour ripe from the fifteenth to the twenty fifth of august a figure of this variety is given in hovey's magazine for november eighteen forty six but much too small for the general size of the fruit the original tree now over fifty years of age stands in jenkintown p a and measures six feet in circumference, at three feet from the ground, and is a notable specimen of a strong, upright growth. The fruit has been sold in Philadelphia market for nearly twenty years, but until recently very little notice has been taken of it. We would like to taste a finer, earlier pear than this. Moya mensing. Fruit full, medium size, of a roundish oval form, Lemon colour with occasional blotches and lines of russet. Flesh buttery, melting and well flavoured. In eating from the middle of July till the end of August. Originated in the garden of J.B. Smith, Esquire of this place. Washington, another American pear of first-rate quality. Fruit, medium size, oval form, of a pale straw colour, covered with brown dots. Flesh firm, white, melting and juicy. Ripe end of August and 1st of September. Downing's figure of this fruit and description is perfectly accurate, though there is plenty of evidence to show that this tree must have been known 40 years ago. I have seen grafted trees about 50 feet high, and a stem 4 feet in circumference. 
Bartlett. Fruit very large, regular pyramidal form. Colour pale lemony yellow, with a faint flush next to the skin. Fruit is very juicy, buttery and high-flavoured. Ripe 1st of September. Autumn pears. Seckle. Fruit under medium size, colour of a brownish yellow with a russet blush next to the sun. Flesh yellowish-white, juicy, rich and peculiarly high-flavoured. In rich, loamy soil, the fruit is medium-sized. The parent tree still lives about three miles from Philadelphia, ripe about the 1st of September. Butter or white doyen, with about 25 other names. Fruit over medium-sized, very regularly formed, round oval. Colour greenish-yellow with a blushed cheek. Fresh white, fine, buttery flavour. Juicy and rich. Ripe 20th to the 25th of September. Varies much in different soils. Bird de Capimon. Fruit under medium size, regularly formed. Colour pale yellow with a dull red cheek. Fresh buttery, sweet melting and high flavoured. Ripe in September or early October. Burr Bosque. Fruit large, regularly pyramidal, colour brownish-yellow, with a reddish-brown cheek. Flesh white, melting, rich and highly perfumed flavour. Ripe from September to the end of October. A noble fruit. Pondant d'Autom. Fruit medium-sized, half-oval, colour yellowish-green, slightly russeted. Flesh very juicy, rich and delicious. Ripe in September. We have not seen this fruit, but give it place from the high character given it to it by M. P. Wilder, Esquire, President of the Massachusetts Horticultural Society, who is one of the best judges. Burdiel. Fruit large, of an oval form. Colour pale yellow. When fully ripe, dotted with brown. Flesh yellowish-white, rich, sugary and high-flavoured. Ripe from September to the end of November. Marie Louise, fruit fully medium size, colour greenish yellow with russety cheek, flesh white, very buttery, rich and high flavoured. Ripe from September to October, we have had large crops of this fruit on trees only eight feet high. Duchess d'Angelim, fruit very large, long oval with an uneven surface, colour dull greenish yellow, flesh white, buttery, very rich and high flavoured. Ripe in October and November, and was frequently over one pound weight. Dix, an American fruit, large pyramidal form, colour dull yellow dotted with russet. Flesh rich, juicy, sugary and melting, ripe in October. Urbanissus, fruit medium size, pyramidal form, colour greyish yellow, flesh yellowish white, rich, melting, very juicy and highly flavoured. Ripe in October and November. Winter pears, Columbia, an American fruit, very large, oval form, colour pale greenish-yellow. Flesh white, melting, juicy and sweet, aromatic flavour. Ripe November to December. Bird Arkenberg, fruit above medium size, oval form with an uneven surface. Flesh white, rich, melting and luscious flavour. Ripe in November and December. Shermantel. Fruit, large, oval form, with an irregular surface. Colour, yellowish-green, with a brownish-red cheek. 
flesh-melting, buttery, sweet, and luscious flavour, ripe November to January. Glute Mosseau, fruit large, regular, of a long, oval form, colour pale greenish-yellow, flesh-white, smooth, rich and sugary, ripe December to January. Lawrence, this peculiar variety originated on Long Island, fruit above medium size, rather oval, colour pale yellowish-green, spotted with brown. Flesh, yellowish-white, melting, juicy, very rich in sugary flavour, downing on fruits. We have not seen this fruit, but have been informed by the Messrs. Parsons of Flushing that some of the fruit begins to ripen in November, while others continue ripening till March. Passe Colmar, with about twenty other names. Fruit of regular pear-shaped colour, yellowish-green, with a brownish russet. Flesh creamy-white, with a buttery, rich, juicy, aromatic flavour. Ripe in December. Winter Nels, fruit medium-sized, roundish form, colour greenish-yellow, with a russety cheek. Flesh yellowish-white, smooth, buttery, abounding in a rich, aromatic juice. Ripe in December and January. Burr Easter, fruit large, oval form, colour yellowish-brownish-green, with a russety cheek. Fresh white, smooth, buttery, juicy and very sweet. Ripe in January, February and March. Bird de Rains, fruit above medium size of a long pyramidal shape. Colour rough, dark green, rather untempting. Flesh greenish-white, melting, rich and juicy. Ripe in March, April and May. Propagation and culture. The pear, like the apple, is propagated by seeds, budding or grafting. By the former process, many new sorts have made their appearance in this country and Europe of a very superior quality within the past twenty years. Those from the United States are not surpassed in their season by any others and should always have the preference when plantations are made, their constitution and productiveness being acclimatised. There is not likely any disappointment to arrive from barrenness or other defects. There has, within the few years past, arisen up amongst us some general pomological spirits that will bring into notice many native sorts of this fruit that are at present either obscure or entirely unknown. It can be grafted or budded with great success on its own stock and also on the quince, and with partial success on the apple. Grafting early in spring and budding in July and August Every pear tree of an inferior description should be headed down or cut back in the branches to within a few feet of the stem and grafted with finer and more productive sorts. The new kinds will produce fruit at once. The result would be, instead of pears being worth 25 cents per bushel, they would be at least worth 12 times that amount. Planting the pear is precisely as described for the apple, though they will admit of being as close as 25 or 30 feet. The finest trees, we know, grow on a light, loamy soil, three feet deep, with a sandy, gravelly bottom. The worst soil we have observed them on is composed of a sandy, thin, light nature, with a cold or wet bottom. Pruning. This tree, in the first few years of its growth, after being transplanted, requires the aid of the knife in directing the formation of its head, for when once formed it requires no further care unless to keep the interior of the head thinned out, to allow a free circulation of air. Avoid making large amputations when pruning, 
the saw and the axe are dangerous implements in the hands of unskilful orchidists. Blight is the only disease in this country that attacks the pear. Its remedies are not yet fully tested, and at present are very conflicting and unsatisfactory. The fact that in some situations they are more subject to others shows conclusively, I think, that it is a local and not an atmospheric disease. The insect blight appears in July and August, and frequently has done much mischief before being detected, whole limbs dying, as it were, instantly. Remedy. Examine your trees frequently in those months, and as soon as you detect any of the limbs with the leaves having the drooping appearance, and inhabit altogether different from the other portions of the tree, cut it off close to the main limb, and have it destroyed. The insect has girdled the pith, and prevented the circulation of the sap. Gathering the fruit. Rather more attention ought to be given to the collecting and keeping the fruit of the pear tree than is generally receives. All summer fruit should be pulled a few days before maturity, and put carefully away, either in a fruit room or closet, until it ripens. Autumn fruit should be gathered eight days before being ripe, and put away in cotton, paper, or other dry materials in the dark. They will thereby greatly improve in colour and flavour, and will be in use longer. Winter fruit should hang on the tree till frost, then be carefully pulled and put away for two weeks, when they should be wiped with a cloth, rolled up in cotton or paper, packed in boxes or barrels of dry sand, and stored in a dry cellar or room, where they will not be severely frozen. Their flavour and colour is greatly improved by this method. In the winter seasons fruit should be brought into a warm apartment a few days before using, keeping it invariably in the dark. Plum, Prunus domestica, Prune, French, Pflaumenbaum, German. There are some species of the plum found in Asia, Europe and America. It is an ancient fruit, held in high estimation by the Romans, who amused themselves, as history says, by grafting the plum on to the apple. We are not surprised at these and other notions, for it is current in the present age that black roses can be obtained by budding on black currant bushes. When they grow, no doubt they will be black. It is not acknowledged to be a first-class healthy fruit, though it is admitted they will not injure strong constitutions. When perfectly ripe, a few can be eaten to advantage, as they tend to keep the system open. The bark of the wild plum is used as a substitute for Peruvian bark, in cases of intermitting fever. The fruit is considered indispensable as a conserve. Nothing of the kind can equal green gauge jelly and preserved Washington plums. The following are indispensable for a good collection. Blacker's gauge, raised in the state of New York, fruit oval of medium size, colour yellow with white specks, flesh yellow, very rich and luscious, ripe about the 10th of September and will keep till October. A cling will not do for preserving. Columbia a New York seedling, fruit very large, ovoid, fine form, colour brownish-purple with numerous specks, flesh orange if perfectly ripe, rich and sugary, free, ripe about the end of August, downing. Imperial gauge or flushing gauge, raised at Prince's Nursery flushing, fruit oval, medium size, colour green, tinged with yellow next the sun. Flesh yellowish-green, rich, juicy, and delicious, free, ripe about the 24th of July. Green gauge or René Claude, the plum of plums, 
fruit rather undersized, colour greenish-yellow, flesh green, very rich, juicy, melting, and very luscious, a great bearer, freestone, ripe about the 10th of August. Hewling Superb, a native of this country, fruit very large, round oval, colour greenish-yellow, flesh same colour, firm, rich, and well-flavoured, a great bearer, freestone, an excellent table or kitchen fruit, ripe 4th of August. Morocco. Fruit round, medium size, colour dark violet purple. Flesh yellow, juicy, sharp and well flavoured, ripe about the 24th of July. Nectarine or Caledonian. Fruit very large, oval, colour purple with a fine bloom. Flesh yellow, rich and a sharp flavour, ripe about the 8th of August. Oleans early. Fruit round, medium size, flesh greenish yellow, colour marbled red, with a purple cheek. Sharp rich flavour, a freestone, a great barren, ripe about the 1st of August. Jefferson, an Albany ceiling, and according to report we have not seen it, one of the finest sorts. Fruit large, fine, oval form, colour golden yellow, with a red cheek. Flesh deep orange, very rich, juicy and highly flavoured. Parts freely from the stone. Ripe about the 25th of August. Purple gauge. Fruit round, medium size, colour reddish crimson dotted. Flesh pale orange, rich, juicy and high flavoured. A freestone. Ripe about the 15th of September. Quetsk or German prune. Fruit very large, regularly oval, colour dark blue violet when fully ripe. The skin separates very readily from the flesh and makes a first-rate dessert or kitchen fruit. Ripe about the 10th of September. Imperatrice. Fruit oval, above medium size, coloured deep purple, covered with bloom. Flesh firm, rich and sugary, adhering to the stone. Ripe about the 1st of October. Washington. Balmers. A New York ceiling, fruit very large, round oval, colour dull greenish-yellow. Flesh yellow, firm, sweet and luscious, separating readily from the stone. Ripe about the 15th of August. Wine sour. Fruit medium size, roundish oval, colour purple. Flesh bright red, exceedingly juicy. A great bearer and the best plum for cooking. Ripe in September. It must be conceded that the character of the plum is in some measure choice, good or indifferent according to situation, climate and soil. Yet we contend that bad soil and situation will not entirely obliterate the good qualities of a choice fruit. Culture. The best soil for the plum is strong, loamy soil on a dry bottom. In such they grow well and produce fine crops. Plant them at 25 feet apart, if in the orchard, but for a family use they should be planted on some paved yard or other situation, where the fallen fruit will be carefully destroyed. If the general nature of the soil is sandy, it will be benefited by a compost of very old manure and meadow earth, in equal proportions, being incorporated with it where the trees are to be planted. Propagation is done with the greatest facility by planting the stones in the month of October about an inch deep. These vegetate the following season and can be transplanted into a convenient part of the garden in rows, to be budded the second year in the month of July, in a period of cloudy, moist weather. They can also be grafted very early in spring by either whip or wedge grafting, as recommended for the apple, 
but it must be observed that stone fruit does not take so readily by grafting as budding. Useless varieties of the plum should be cut back, as advised for the pear. They will then make vigorous shoots, a portion of which can be saved and budded with choice varieties. When there is not much room and a variety of fruit wanted, we strongly advise several sorts of fruit to be worked on one tree. By adopting this practice with all kinds of fruit trees, a great variety can be obtained in a very small space. In favourable soils their growth is rapid. There is, within fifty feet of where I write, a tree thirteen years from the stone, that is budded with four sorts, produces a large crop every season, is now thirty feet high and two feet from the ground, the stem measures three feet in circumference. Pruning is performed as directed for pears, but large amputations should only be made in July, August or September. At that period the wounds will readily heal over. Insects the great and only foe of this tree is the curculio, or plum-weevil. A preventive to its ravages has not been discovered. We observe trees planted in pavements or near to dwellings are not so subject to its attack as those in cultivated grounds or gardens. Some kinds are also more subject to it than others. With us, the following are entirely destroyed by it. Coe's golden drop, magnum borums, Kirk's late red and bingham, while the green-gauge Morocco, wine-sour, Orleans, and Washington are not or but slightly injured. As a cure, fifteen or twenty pounds of salt or salt brine is strongly recommended by some. It is laid under the tree early in autumn. This is to destroy the insects which lie under the surface of the ground all winter. We doubt not, but repeated doses of this will destroy them. End of section 20